Welcome to Into the Fire, a Burning Coal Theater Company podcast series. Hi, this is Jerome Davis. I'm the Artistic Director of Burning Coal Theater Company, and I'd like to welcome everyone to Into the Fire, the Burning Coal Theater Company podcast series on all things theatrical. We have very special guests today joining Burning Coal this summer for the third year in a row, our Time Flies Aerial Circus. Um, the individuals involved uh, are uh, Ayal Prouser and Elliot Gittleson. Uh, gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for doing this again. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So, um, so uh, Time Flies is a um, is an organization, uh, right? Uh, you guys uh, teach and you also perform sometimes. Can you talk? Uh, I all uh, talk a little bit about how the the organization started, what the impulse was behind that, and where you are right now as an organization. Yeah, Time Fly Circus is a fully mobile circus company. So we don't have any home base or anything like that, except for some storage in my parents' garage. <laughs> and um, we're primarily circus um, education. So we go into schools, camps, theater camps, uh, wise and set up circus programming. Mm -hmm. We bring all the equipment, send the coaches, the curriculum. Um, so it's, it's fairly turnkey, plug and play circus programming, I like to say. And then we do everything from coaching kids to put on shows. We put on what I call community shows, which is often like three or four um, artists at uh, like more of a community center. And we also do full-blown professional circus shows. Um, so it's kind of as it, as the need comes up, we provide it in any kind of circus context. Uh, I started it in 2020. Um, like during the pandemic, I was like, here's an opportunity for me to get myself organized and like do all the, the background information, like all the background work uh, to get the company up. And then 2021 was our first real season uh, in summer. Uh, and now we're on our third year. And this summer we're at 12 different camps, putting on something like 230 days of circus just over the summer. This summer, so so how many people work for you then? It's not just the two of you, I present. No, um, certainly not. We have between 20 and 30 uh, teaching artists and administrative staff working for us this year, including former Burning Coal intern, Kendall, is still doing um, our social media. Nice, very nice. For yeah. those who are interested, uh, timefliescircus.com is your website. Um, you're based out of New York City, is that correct? Yeah, most of our programming is between New York and New Jersey, but we have programs as far as North Carolina this summer, as well as California. And, uh, and Elliot Gittleson, when did you uh, come aboard? Uh, that, that must have been fairly early in the process. Yeah, so I, um, my first official project with Time Flies was the first STC at Burning Coal in 2021. We directed the Tempest. So Ayal and I met through a circus research seminar and became friends. And then he asked me to join on to this project um, because I have some background in clowning and some skills that Ayal doesn't have necessarily, so it's a- I'm a very thing. bad clown, very bad clown. <laughs> and I'm maybe a little better clown, but uh, we'll see. And um, I also teach contortion and hand balancing and acrobatics and 
some aerial stuff that IELTS doesn't teach. So we're good balance of skills. When did you um, did you get interested in uh, aerial and clowning, uh, Elliot? Uh, was that something that's you know, I mean, children do it uh, by their nature. I think uh, if there's a rope, they'll swing on it. If there's a tree, they'll climb it. Uh, and uh, and uh, but uh, is that when it started for you or was this something that came into your life later on? Um, well, I started doing circus camp when I was 12 years old, um, Circus Mercus Camp that's based up in Vermont. They're a youth circus um, troupe. And so they have a summer camp and they also have a full-blown 10-week tour, um, which I never did the tour. I actually did the tour for a summer. And um, um, and yeah, so I started circus camp from when I was 12 to 16. And then they opened a circus school in my hometown. So I went to high school uh, until noon for my junior and senior year. And then I went to the circus school for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was in youth circus and then I continued on. I went to clown conservatory in San Francisco and I studied contortion and then I performed as a contortionist and circus performer for about a decade before the pandemic sort of changed. Where was the, where was the, your hometown where, where you were able to study during your high school years? What, what town did you grow up in? I grew up in um, Burlington, Vermont. The school no longer exists anymore. Mm -hmm. but um, Circus Smirkus does still exist. So they have summer camps and, as well as the tour and possibly some other programming that I'm not sure of. Uh, mostly I'm in Philadelphia yeah. now. Okay. Ayal, did you, did you start uh, that early or is that something that came later to you? Um, I started juggling when I was like 11 years old, so about 20 years ago. And... Um, I always just loved circus, going to the circus. Uh, I lived in um, New York growing up and Ringling Brothers was always there on uh, spring break. So me and all my cousins, I was one of seven cousins born in seven years. So those poor parents had a lot of little ones running around at the same time. And we would all go to the circus on spring break. And I always loved the circus. And then, yeah, when I was like 11 years old or something, my mom came home with to learn how to juggle book. And she always joked it was the most expensive $5 she ever spent because then I was just hooked. And yeah, similar story. I went to a, a circus day camp just on Long Island yeah. and a guy there who kind of became my first mentor. And he like he taught me what he knew and found me other people and directed me towards Circus Mercus. And I did the Circus Mercus tour when I was 16. And then since then, I've kind of just been coaching and performing professionally as it comes up. You, you have been um, fairly clear in uh, defining um, time flies as, as not a theater, um, but you do theater um, frequently. Can you just talk a little bit about the distinction I own in your mind or either of you, if you, if you want yeah. to? So in the last, like, I don't know, 40 to 50 years has been the rise of what's now called contemporary circus. And it means a number of different things to a number of different people. Uh, but the most succinct way I've heard it called, the describe the most succinct way I've heard contemporary circus described is as the form of circus with the codes of theater and dance. So um, often most connected to post-dramatic theater is kind of using 
the form of circus, like using acrobatics, juggling, clown is a, a like a, a its own kind of nuanced area in there because that borders theater much more aggressively. Uh, but using circus skills um, to try to, I believe, convey more of an affect than an actual narrative. Um, and like, I, I don't believe in the like. I don't believe in circus being used too mimetically. So it's not like I'm standing on a pyramid and I'm reaching my hand out because I'm longing for something. That's way too mimetic for me. The way I think about it is if somebody is on a pyramid and it's a pyramid that looks like that is high up, it can cause you anxiety. And that anxiety is an affect that we can control and we can then connect that to a narrative that we can pick up within, uh, either if we're creating a circus show, we can kind of drive the narrative, or like I'm putting air quotes around narrative, even if you can't see it, yeah. or you can enter into a play and pick up on moments of anxiety, tension. Circus is very good for eroticism, not that that's coming up in STC a whole lot, but like there's romance, um, what else could there be? Like stability, strength, Family, uh, family connection. Yeah. Um, so we can find these different affects that we can then tie together. If you have a strong control over acrobatic language or juggling language or clown language, then you can tie them together. Like the same as you can in a script, you can take sentences that each have a different feeling to create a paragraph, to create a, a book, to create a chapter or whatever. You can do the same thing to create an act, to create a show, to create a, a connection with the audience. And another fundamental aspect of contemporary circus, I believe, is kind of destabilizing or, or, or um, questioning or problematizing like the superhero in circus. So in traditional circus too often, not too often, I love traditional circus as well. <laughs> Very often in traditional circus, you see an acrobat doing something that just feels so far away from you, so impossible. You see a, a, an acrobat do crazy flips and you're like, I can never do that. That's something, that's a superhero feat. Yeah, extreme virtuosity. With contemporary circus, I believe in maintaining a sense of virtuosity while bringing it down to the human, to because bringing it down to a level that can be connected with, communicate with, with or receive communication from. Um, you, don't the, you, you don't want the audience to think of the acrobats as being uh, those people over there. You you want them to think of them as being. Um, these people in my community, or, or, or in other words, it's something that anyone could attain with yeah. the right uh, focus and, and training. Is that is that fair? I've or had a sense more so than worried about if they feel like they can pick up circus, which like is lovely as an educator, but not necessarily the driving force of a creation. It's more so that it's someone I can connect to on an intimate, interpersonal, artistic level. Um, so I, I just would want to distinguish between those two. Influences uh, in 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 your life, either of you, are there people who um, uh, have um, uh, not necessarily people that you work with or knew, but people whose work you had seen um, coming up, uh, or um, or or was that a sort sort of a foreign uh, art form uh, prior to jumping in into it? I think for me, um, I was really inspired by some of the contemporary circus shows like Cirque du Soleil is contemporary, I guess. And Cirque El Waz was a, a company that really 
drove me into pursuing this as a yeah, Cir- as an art form. Circa was was the sh- uh, cir- their show Rain, Rain yeah. was the show that made me want to do circus professionally. And part of what drew me to it was it had that side of virtuosity, but it also was the very human connection. And plus, then they had like it. it literally rained on stage so that's like some great stage effects um a, a good moment in circa was that kind of gets you into an under from that show rain is there's a very iconic moment where there's a, a female juggler who takes off a wig and, and then she's in the rain and she just juggles three wigs in the rain and it's i i don't even remember if she does any impressive juggling i just remember her juggling three wigs and feeling it was such a a vulnerable moment in the show that all she had to do was balance the vulnerability with the inherent narrative of juggling and it was just stunning yeah um started with her getting her wig snatched off and her just the lighting change and very vulnerable moment of a bald woman and um than the juggling yeah where do you uh where do where would a where would a moment like that come from um i assume you've worked in uh involved in events or productions like that is that an idea that the director brings in the room is there a is there a written script in the way that there often is in theater or is it all um devised over time where did, where would an idea like that come from i've feel like um, it depends on the company and the work that we've been doing at STC is a little bit more in the theater realm. So, but I'd say it's a little bit more in the device realm where, you know, I think companies will have anywhere from like a month to three year development of a show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, depending on the skills of the acrobats and the directors and whoever else is involved, uh, it's, it's, it's all brought together and created and, you know, you, it's probably similar to theater. You, you do a, a workshop and then try it out and see how the audience responds and then you add and change. But for instance, with this, with cats, we're, we're directing cats, uh, the, the show is set. So we're fitting the circus skills into that show. Any yeah. Cats will, uh, will be just to put in the plug real quick, will be the, uh, the last Friday and Saturday in July, which is the 20, 28th and 29th at 7 p.m. Tickets available at burningcold.org. And um, anyway, I, I, I interrupted you there. No, I was going to say from a lot of what I've done and um, heard about other people doing is it's not often that you sit down and write a script. Um, it's that sections have purposes and you can say, I'm going to run this section. And then sections can be broken down into smaller sections, kind of with their own names. Um, because more often than not in contemporary circus, it's not that like, I'm going to do a trick and they're going to applaud for me. It's that's where kind of the codes of dance come into it. That it's like, we're going to do this piece. Um, so like I recently directed and like co-choreographed a show and I was like, I want it to feel like it's coming together and going apart, coming together, going flowy, like almost like accordion hands or like an ocean going in and out. And that was where we started. And then we can break that up into smaller sections and say, so we're going to practice like one section was called the, by the way, because the red hot chili peppers were playing when we first practiced it. <laughs> but <laughs> um, and I think that's very typical of the creative process. I'm I'm uh, somewhat older than than you, and so I had different influences 
growing up, but but there were there were some clowns that were significant in in all of the lives of people of my generation. I think um, I'm thinking particularly of um, Red Skelton, yeah. um, uh, you know, um, Dick Van Dyke, uh, certainly very uh, well established, and and others too. Uh, before much before me, Charlie Chaplin, people like that. But I, I noticed um, fairly early on that those um, clowns were were also really good at at tragedy. You know that it was very quick, easy to turn um, from one of those comedic moments into something much more serious and much more tragic. And I wonder if that's something you you have felt. Uh, working in in the n- newer uh, milieu of uh, of clowning today. Um, I, yeah, I think it kind of depends on the show, um, and and of course with any show you want to have ups and downs, and it's it would be a very boring show if it was just you know funny the whole way through. So, right. for instance, with Rain, we were talking about Sir Galois Rain and the moment where. Um, Corinne Hagelin's wig is snatched off and that's a very vulnerable moment for the audience and for her and then she comes back and she's juggling the wigs and it's a very joyous moment and it brings it all around you know I think I think the great clowns like the great cinematic clowns also um they had a unique situation or not a unique situation I'm gonna go back I think with the great clowns like the great cinematic clowns a a great thing that created in cinematic clowns that didn't create that wasn't necessarily always available in circus clowns was the idea of the close-up um so it's harder to have a real tragic moment from an extreme distance i believe i mean obviously in like theater and greek theater done from great distances they've pulled off tragedies um to support that too yeah but i think the idea of the close-up in cinema totally changed the the ability of narrative like the the affect that one could harness and pull off and I think in contemporary circus there is this goal of the close-up even if it's from a great circus distance so when you're looking at again like my one of my first languages is flying trapeze and so I'm going to use that as an example a lot when you're looking at flying trapeze and you see someone doing a triple you have this whole spectacle that you're trying to take in all at one time Um, I do work in Contemporary flying trapeze is what I like to call it. And we do, are trying to destabilize that and make it more intimate and smaller. But in a moment, like having someone's wig taken off, even if you're seeing it from a distance, you're focusing on this tiny little element in circus. Um, and even if it's not a literal close up, even if you're seeing it from the same distance, it's a, a artistic or like a, it has a, it's the same effective point of a close up that you're honing on a one element. And it's kind of the same things that you see that you see in certain types of dance that you're like, even though the whole body is moving, all I want you to look at is a wrist or all I want you to look at is a foot. And so like those are artistic close-ups that kind of can be harnessed into a tragic manner in a way that different different than a whole spectacle can do. Um, so I think that was a, a shift that cinema allowed that we are, that is now happening in circus because of the same control that we aim for. I think also um, the way that I tend to choreograph is really utilizing the music um and then later on in the process the lighting and and that's with theater as well but um i really tend to because i um we're i'm not typically using a lot of narrative in the circuses that i'm directing or the acts that i'm directing 
And so I really start with the music or, um, or the character. So because I went to clown school, I, I tend to, you know, choose a character and try to find some influences, you know, that the character is based off of. And then how does that, you know, the, the body, how do, uh, how do they carry themselves? And then is there sound or you know, and, and lighting involved? I, I think in here, I, I come from more of a group acrobatics background. So whether it's partner acro, human pyramids, flying trapeze, um, there's inherent interpersonal performance going. Yeah, sure. That you can't help but direct in different manners. Like you can have a happy performance, you can have a love performance, you can have a tragic, like all the things that happen in interpersonally by nature, we can then use acrobatics to emphasis. Again, going back to the close-up as like a fun. Do, do you look for that uh, when you're putting together a group or or does it happen and then you deal with whatever happened or some combination of those depends on the group <laughs> yeah i would say i look for the group more than the group for the narrative so like i have because i come from flying trapeze a lot of people only look for the biggest tricks and that's all they're interested in and yeah. like I'm, I'm looking for people who can also do big tricks who can also do the performance that i want and are interested in like Sometimes you have to do your most simple trick because that's what the choreography calls for. And if somebody only ever wants to do their biggest trick, I don't really have interest in creating with you. And then we then can create a show. And then it's who is the best for each part of the show will then kind of drive that. I think in, um, in the process of creating cats with STC, these are kids uh, who signed up for a summer camp. And they, in this process, they auditioned for us through video. And then, you know, so we got a sense of who they were through a one minute song, through video. And then we had, you know, one day of working with them in person, testing out their acrobatic ability and movement qualities and some juggling abilities. And then we were able to cast a little closer, but this show is a little different because it has set characters. That's not typically the route that I'm used to working in. Right. And then, I'm sure that there's uh, there's a uh, there are shows in in your world that have text, but um, but for the whole cast to be singing as much as it as it is in this production, this is a sung through production. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats. Um, it, it, does that uh, limit what you can do in the physical realm, or or no? Yeah. So we can talk uh, a little bit about. Um, last year we were doing STC as well, and we did a production of Spoon River Anthology, and it's um, you know a hundred monologues. Uh, we we chose fifty of them, and we really broke down each monologue by choosing one trick and making it a really simple version of the one trick. So we had someone hanging from their ankles on the trapeze, reading a monologue upside down. Whereas in a, in a trapeze act, that would be one little small moment. And so we took that moment, the really simple acrobatic trick, and then created a whole scene around that. And what I'd like to add as well, is this is where I think circus is informed, contemporary circus is informed by dance in many ways, is Right, like in some sense, right? I can't, I can't do my triple backflip while singing. 
I personally can't do a treble backflip to begin with, but <laughs> let alone while singing. But if I can't do it while singing, then it's not the right choreography for the moment. Right. Um, so like, yeah, in some ways is acrobatics limited? Sure. But if that is, but it's not necessarily acrobatics that are called for. Um, and like, again, like Spoon River was really like, we not only picked like one trick or something to focus on, we picked up on one element of the monologue to really emphasize. Um, so we had somebody walking on people's backs, like they were on all fours, like they're gonna do like a field day pyramid, yeah. like you would do in field day as a kid and somebody would walk across and because we wanted to give the feeling of uh, being unstable. Yeah. yeah. And that was just one feeling we wanted to go for. And he could, uh, he could do it while walking on backs. And so that made it the right choreography. I remember that moment very clearly. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a great merger of, uh, of, of, a, of a physical language uh, and a, a textual language. Um, we're running near, uh, near the end of our um, interview. I, I always like to ask artists um, uh, as a last question, um, what do you want to do? Uh, we've talked a lot about what you've done, where you started out. What what do you want to do uh, with with the the next ten years or, of your life or whatever? How how do you want to uh, affect the world uh, more so than you already have? Um, <clears throat> actually, this work that we're doing here at Burning Coal SDC is has informed a lot of the work that I'm interested in pursuing, and I've uh, this year I'm already directing six shows, including this one. So, um, and those are very different kinds of shows. I'm doing a 20 minute act with seven professional circus students that we're taking to a circus festival in France that we're creating from start to finish. It's a fully um, devised piece. Um, and then I also work with a youth troupe and, you know, so creating with different groups. And I really do enjoy um, using this the, uh, theatrical circus realm uh, and utilizing more narrative and storyline that that's something i all and i kind of we um, have different views on but um you know i think that's a good partnership too and you have different views so um, yeah directing is definitely where i want to move from moved into okay and i all what about you i guess for me um i'm also like hoping to become more of a show creator and not just performing and co or, or coach. And for me, like artistically, like my passions are either, are like first, I would really love to bring flying trapeze more into the contemporary circus world. But like, I guess at the heart of that is really to like put out a care for acrobatic language and kind of get rid of this area of circus where you just take out one act and plug in another act um, because if that if the acro if the acrobatic choreography was set for a different show chances are it's the wrong act for this show uh, but people are just like i just want an aerial hoop act and this is where they need to enter this is where they need to exit yeah. uh, but to make both artist and circus spectator have like a care and appreciation for true acrobatic language would be like a real mission i guess yeah, it would be like saying I want to do a play, so just grab the nearest script and yeah, start yeah. doing. You know, that's a good. Just there, there's a script. Let's do that one. Yeah. That's fabulous. Um, 
And um, and like dance, you've spoken a lot about the the symbiotic relationship between dance and and uh, the world of clowning and aerial gymnastics. Um, does does age weigh on your mind? Um, you know, as as I know it does with dancers as they pass their teens and twenties. You mean us? Yeah, yeah. Does it make <laughs> you think? Uh, can I do this? in another 20 years or how can I continue to do this? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I don't necessarily speak for all, but I think both of us are in our thirties and uh, had and have long careers of performing. And for me, uh, my body started, I'm a contortionist. So my body started to not want to do it as much as, um, as I was doing it. And it's just my priorities changed. And I think, um, Certain things get harder when you get older, but um, my retirement plan is clowning if I keep performing. So that's something you can always continue to do. It's a juggling you can always still do. Mm -hmm. And, and um, in a recreational sense, um, we both teach all, all ages. So I'm currently yeah. teaching at a school where I work with ages uh, eight to my oldest student is 65. Um, and you know, so there's, I'd say there's like, there's limits, but it's person to person. It wouldn't necessarily be, uh, around the board. Right. Um, for me, like, I feel like I had given up on performing for a while and like recently came back to like, to, like having a desire to create and perform that said flying trapeze, like your shoulders have, you know, a limited time frame that you can really be on them that said this pat I, I came off of like a hand injury a year ago and i had my first experience of choreographing a contemporary flying trapeze piece that i was not a part of mm -hmm. um and i guess i did that t twice that year and it was a very cool experience for me and i really there were times i was like i wish i could be the one up there but also allowed me to see the full picture like not on a <laughs> on a video yeah. that was very exciting and very um it's very exciting very inspiring and i do see a, a like a, a dream come true would be performing in like a recognized contemporary flying trapeze troupe and a dream come true would be choreographing a contemporary flying trapeze troupe that I'm not performing in. Um, like I do see both, I do imagine flying trapeze being part of my life for a, a long, long time, but to what extent, I'm not sure, you know? Yeah, I, I feel more inspired to give these gifts to other people at this point too, and pass on the joy that it's brought to my life. And the exploration that I've found through myself, I'm finding that more, uh, that giving that to other people having students grow in this form uh, is way more fulfilling for me than doing it myself. <laughs> I think it's, it's like part of your art. Like I say, like teaching is a, like teaching as much as my art, as much as my performances or my choreography is. And, and the uh, fact that you've, uh, you've built that into your uh, career early on, I think is a really wise, uh, wise move. Um, um, I.L. Prouser and Elliot Gittleson uh, from Time Flies Aerial Circus. Uh, reminder that their website is timefliescircus.com. 
and uh, we're uh, working with them here at Burning Coal uh, uh, on our Summer Theater Conservatory production of Cats by Andrew Lloyd Webber. And uh, the performances, which anyone can come and see, is July 28th and 29th at 7 p.m. here at Burning Coal. Our website is burningcoal.org. And our phone number, if you'd like to call us, is 834 40 Zero one. Ayala and Elliot, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And we really, really look forward to seeing what you and this big group of kids have come up with um, for CAPS. Uh, and just so we can add this on, but we're also teaching a workshop at Burning Coal on oh, yes. yes, Very important. Yeah. I'm going to actually put that in at the front of the this thing. Um, so that, that happens uh, on Wednesday, the 18th. 19. Sorry, Wednesday the 19th from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Um, and I believe those that's the time and the, the, the registration for that can happen at Burning Coal's website, which is burningcoal.org. Gentlemen, thank you very much. I appreciate it uh, very, very much. And again, uh, looking forward to CAPS. Yeah, thank, thank you so you. much. Take care. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Join us for the Time Flies Circus Adult Workshop on July 19th at 6.30 p.m. by registering at burningcoal.org slash adult dash workshops or by giving us a call at 919-834-4001. You can also give us a call to purchase tickets for Cats directed by Time Flies on July 28th and 29th at 7 p.m. This is a family-friendly production. Again, that website is burningcoal.org.